Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, exploring the world of paranormal events through real people's accounts. And as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing an interview with an abductee where we speak to an everyday alien abduction experiencer. Just before we get to that though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes of Paranormal Thoughts, please make sure you subscribed. And also on whatever platform you use, if you want to give us a five-star rating and leave a little review, that helps us out massively as well. You can find our socials over on Instagram and on Facebook. Definitely jump on to either one of those. I'm going to share some images which are relevant to this guest's experience. So you'll want to jump onto either one of those either right now or after the episode so you can actually see what it is that we're going to be talking about. My guest for this interview with an abductee is Cassandra. Cassandra reached out to me via email a little while ago and she wanted to share her experiences with myself and obviously you guys listening at home. And the thing that really sparked that for her was I did a previous interview with an abductee where that guest, we were discussing the idea that her experiences weren't happening physically, but it was more in a fourth dimensional type situation. And Cassandra wanted to come and speak about that her experiences were very much so happening in this reality to the point where she has been left with bruises and marks, uh, which we do talk about for a fair bit. And Cassandra actually sent me some of those images of her bruises and everything along those lines. So if you want to jump on to my Facebook or on Instagram, on this episode's post, I'm going to include some of those images just so you can actually see the, the real nature of Cassandra's experiences. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello, Cassandra. How are you? Hi, Dylan. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm grateful for the chance to chat. Can you please just give just a little bit of a backstory about who you are uh, for the audience. Yeah, sure. So I uh, am Australian and I'm 46 years old. I grew up in regional New South Wales. And for the last 20 years of my life, 21 years, I've lived overseas. Uh, and I've just moved back to Australia permanently from about 18 years living in London. Throughout my life, I guess I was interested in paranormal subjects and particularly the stars and ETs and and space. But I uh, never had too much sense of there being anything unusual about me and my life with respect to this topic in particular until uh, a few years ago when I uh, started to understand um, through direct experience that I was being engaged by extraterrestrials in a physical way. <laughs> so um, so that was the reason why I got in touch to see if you might be interested in hearing more about my story. I appreciate 
anyone coming forward, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Um, they're the amount of people who are willing to speak so openly about their experiences because it is not it's not easy, and I don't take it lightly by any means. There's a lot of different outcomes for these people who are experiences. You know, the fact that you're happy to come forward because I feel like every every time I get to do something like this, it does seem like there's someone listening who may be able to relate to a certain piece of uh, the puzzle that you bring forward. So I definitely think it's I think it's important that, you know, we kind of try to break down some of the stigma around some of this and just for other people to hear everyday experiences, you know, because that's, that's who this is happening to, you know, people all different walks of life, it's happening. So, uh, yeah, I just thank you so much for speaking with me here today. But um, why don't we start with your very earliest experience? Where did it all begin for you? My first conscious experience of ET engagement was in January 2021 where I um, became conscious or um, aware during uh, an abduction, uh, I uh, became aware that I was experiencing what I've subsequently come to understand was a medical procedure that would be associated with the hybridization project. Uh, So the ETs were um, harvesting my eggs. And that when I became conscious during that, I didn't feel fear or anxiety about what was happening. It's it's difficult to describe the awareness that you have when you become conscious during an experience or when you have these experiences. It's it's not with the lucidity that you know we have right in this moment or in your normal waking life. There is a a kind of altered state that you're in, which is why I think so many people misconstrue it as a dream. I was having this intervention and um, and then when it finished, I uh, stood up off the table that I was on and I said telepathically to these beings in front of me, um, I guess there are some things that I would rather not know about. And they responded to that saying uh, telepathically back to me. They said, oh, yes. Uh, and then they left and I followed another being um, along a walkway uh, towards a room um, that was, I guess I was being taken to have a shower. Well, that's how I interpreted it. Uh, and I followed this being um, that I would describe as a small grey into this room. And then I could see through... Uh, through the walls and the door of this room I was in, which I found very unusual when I was reflecting on this later. Why would this be clear glass? Uh, And I remember seeing the beings at some distance uh, looking at me and then coming back over towards me. And that was the first time I felt a sense of fear. And I remember trying to grab whatever I must have thought was the handle to the door to the room that I was in to stop them from coming and getting me. And then I don't don't remember anything after that. I, I woke up in my bed and my body was reacting very strongly to this. Um, I am able to perceive my energy field very uh, clearly um, and it was very activated, very disturbed. 
And I lay there just thinking, what on earth just happened? Did I just imagine this? But I felt this very strong compulsion to get up, <laughs> which is about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and sit down and just write as much as I could remember of the details of what had happened. And then after that, I guess I just tried to um, not think about it. And uh, I went on about my life, which was not much because this was locked down in, in, London, in the UK uh, in the depths of COVID in that winter. But, but my, my energy field was still very disturbed and that only got worse over the, the ensuing weeks till I um, got to the point where I had to um, seek help in dealing with it. Um, I had been working with a spiritual healer previously um, on other matters and I got in touch with her and I explained what I was experiencing with my energy field and I said, oh, look, and by the way, I had this very strange <laughs> experience and she said, ah, oh, we need to, to look into that. And so uh, this is by this stage about three weeks after that initial experience. Uh, and at, at that point, my uh, my energy was very disrupted. I was uh, unable to walk in a straight line. I was extremely emotional, very distressed about it, really feeling very confused about this experience that I just couldn't get out of my mind. Through some sessions with her, uh, she's a metaphysical multi-dimensional healer. She brought through information about what had happened and placed it in a broader context for me that um, was extremely helpful in coming to terms initially with what had happened and has since proven really helpful for me in dealing with all of the contact that has followed in the two and a half years since then, which has been extremely regular and um, at times really intense. So, so I know that's quite a long introduction um, and it's not even the entire picture of it, but that's the first conscious experience I had of, of ET abduction for me. That's really fascinating. Did anything happen leading up to that first experience? Was there anything out of the ordinary or was it literally just this experience just came out of nowhere? Yeah, I mean, this is this is going to take me a while to explain this as well, but uh, I had a spiritual awakening in early 2018. And what I mean by that is that uh, I went through dark nights of the soul. You know, my life was falling apart. I thought I was having a, a nervous breakdown. And alongside of all of this sort of chaos and turmoil in my life and in my emotional world, strange things started happening whereby I began to sense my energetic field. I be able, uh, became able to sense my chakras moving and spinning and I could see energy in the air, although I didn't understand that, that that's what was happening. I remember at one point lying on my bed just looking at the walls um, and I thought they were breathing, like they were just moving in and out. And I, and I thought, wow, I'm, I really am cracking up. Now, and as I, I guess, allowed my eyesight to adjust, I realised that it wasn't the walls breathing in and out. It was me actually seeing energy in the air um, moving in such a way that it created this visual um, illusion of the walls moving and breathing. And from that point, I began to sense that I could see my own aura, uh, the colours in my aura, the different 
density of energy at different times of the day and how that was influenced by my emotions and what I was thinking. Really strange things like that. And pretty quickly after my um, those things started to happen, I became very interested in material about extraterrestrials. Uh, the first book I bought was Galactic Diplomacy by Dr. Michael Sala because uh, I had come across on YouTube videos about star seeds and that concept really resonated with me. Uh, I was really interested in galactic races and I found it fascinating to learn about all of that. Uh, but I never had any sense that um, abduction was related to me personally. Um, but in October 2020, uh, I was, we were in lockdown in the UK or you know, sort of some form of it. So I went down to the Thames one afternoon, which is close by where I lived in London, to um, just get out of the house for a bit, have a break and meditate. And I felt like the compulsion to do that, though, was coming from some part of my brain that I couldn't quite tap into. It was almost like it was just some subconscious trigger to go and do that that I didn't really uh, understand the basis of. Um, but I went down and I sat and I just put a short meditation on to just quieten my mind. And I came out of that maybe 15, 20 minutes later and I looked up to the west. I was facing the west and I could see these two black dots in the sky on the horizon and they were, you know, they were helicopters and I just had this weirdest feeling that they were headed for me, which is, I know, a very strange thing to, to think, but it, but it was just this undeniable sense that they were, they were looking for me. Uh, and sure enough, they just kind of followed the river uh, heading east in my direction and then at some point, maybe a kilometre away, they just deviated from the river and headed straight towards me and they came over and they circled twice over my head uh, and these were like black military helicopters, fully blacked out, no markings, no numbers. They had little torpedoes on the front, um, so quite quite um, serious machines. Uh, and I just sat there looking at them, wondering what on earth was going on uh, and then they they just went on their way and I went back to my flat, freaked out. Um, but I didn't say anything to anybody because I didn't know what to say and I didn't think anyone would believe me. Uh, and nothing after that happened for a while. But shortly after Christmas in 2020, just um, either that kind of week period after Christmas or the first week in January, I can't recall exactly, except it was it was on a Saturday. I decided to go for a walk along the river and which is what everyone was doing for exercise during lockdown. And as I headed out, I started to get this extremely uncomfortable sensation that I was being followed. Uh, and I can't I can't explain that very well. It was just all of a sudden I was I went from feeling really happy that I was outside to just extremely agitated and anxious and paranoid and I kept kept walking and then I started to run um, for a bit and then I stopped and slowed and thought, um, okay, I feel calmer. And then all of a sudden this man just kind of came beside me on the, on the left of me, sorry, on the right of me, um, running as well, and then moved directly in front of me 
uh, by about two two meters at most, and then just walked directly in front of me for another two or three kilometers. Um, and periodically, he would be checking back over his shoulder to make sure I was still behind him. Uh, and my mind went through this horrible dance of who is this man? What is he doing? Versus don't be ridiculous. You've got no reason to think that this is anything. Stop being paranoid. Um, and, and my mind kind of went through through this dance with this man walking in front of me uh, until he sort of peeled off about yeah two to three kilometers down the down the road down the track. Uh, and I tried to tell myself I'd imagined it. And then probably no more than a week and a half later, he showed up again. <laughs> um, when I was out on a walk, there was evidence accruing for me that I was being followed for reasons that I didn't understand. And then I had a session with this healer that I mentioned earlier, a soul reading, just because I was curious to know to to know a bit about myself, and um, and you know what my soul purpose was, what I was here to do in this lifetime, that sort of thing. And and um, she brought up ET contact in the future for me. Um, but when when we discussed it, I thought it was something that you know was decades down the track and it was something that would come as a result of me developing into a spiritual metaphysical practitioner at some point. Um, so again, no sense that it was something that was imminent or right, literally almost on top of me. Uh, so that was in the first couple of weeks of January. And, uh, you know, this this following um, and being watched by this man and, and a couple of others became apparent to me in the lead up to that first conscious experience with the ET. So this was all in a period of uh, probably three or four weeks um, from when I realised I was being followed to me having that conscious um, abduction experience. And it was really a very uncomfortable feeling to be to know I was being followed and watched and not knowing why. Um, and it did continue after that initial abduction experience for probably another three to four weeks. Uh, but yes, it certainly that that abduction was certainly not the first unusual thing that had happened to me. No, it doesn't sound like it at all. That's it's fascinating to hear. I mean, all of that, and it's it's hard to I guess make sense of why exactly all that was taking place. But I think it's really interesting that you some years earlier kind of came to the realization that you wanted to I guess, better yourself spiritually and I guess figure out mm -hmm. your purpose. I think that's very interesting that that all kind of took place leading up to your abduction experiences because that feels very in tune with maybe what's happened to others or maybe a lot of the time it can also happen the other way around. But I feel like a lot of people who have these experiences are very in tune with their surroundings and I guess trying to better themselves in a lot of different ways. But that thing of believing that you maybe serve some other purpose that is um, maybe a little a little different to, you know, maybe what everyone else who we live amongst, you know, maybe what their sort of values and beliefs are around mm -hmm. what's important. Uh, but, I mean, I can say... Uh, from my point of view, that I can relate a lot to that, where um, yeah, these people who come forward with these experiences are more tapped in to 
that other kind of side and just knowing there's more there's more than, you know, what sort of meets the eye with a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense when you then talk about um, those weird feelings being followed and then seeing that gentleman. Because, um, yeah, there's often very high strangeness to, which makes it so much harder to explain to people, like, what's what's going on because it's just like, it's understandable. It just sounds like, you know, how does any of that relate? But it is it is something that to show itself, you know, high strangeness and yeah, uh, you could definitely not necessarily have to relate those things, but it's very it's hard not to when you kind of step back and go, oh, this is uh, it's very hard to deny. And I think it's very interesting um, that you even found someone who you were able to speak with about this type of phenomena and even get that insight that you were kind of on this journey. Um, this path was kind mm-hmm. of laid out that these experiences were eventually going to happen, obviously a lot sooner than what you were anticipating, but it's just interesting that you already found yourself in that position where it was coming, you know. that's I feel like that's quite unique when it comes to this phenomenon. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I would certainly see now that everything that followed from my awakening up until the abduction was preparation even though I didn't realize it at the time. And I was shifted very quickly into a sort of a spiritual healing approach to my metaphysical work as well, in the sense that I had to deal with a lot of, I guess, trauma that I was holding from, you know, childhood experiences and and, uh, other things that had happened throughout my life. Uh, And so I I feel that the, the work that I did in those early years of this to uh, release a lot of the, the pain and suffering that I had been carrying was part of getting myself to a point where I could accept this into my life with with relative ease and grace, which is, which is not to say that it wasn't traumatic in the beginning. It really was um, overwhelming. And even though I didn't feel resistance like I I quite quickly got to a a point of acceptance that it was happening you know there's huge questions around why (laughs) what does it mean who am I to them am I just a biological specimen or do they actually care about me um what is the bigger picture of all of this what can I trust versus is my positive disposition towards this based on the fact that I'm largely ignorant of it, you know, it's a, there's so many big questions that came up, and having access to uh, the he, my the healer um, was hugely important for me. I was also very lucky to be involved in a couple of spiritual groups where there was one one or two, no, probably only just one, one individual that I could trust to tell about this. So that was, you know, my astrologer. And also I had a friend back here in Australia who's a lifelong experiencer uh, and was able to provide emotional and moral support to me over Zoom through, through, through those initial months as well as I came to terms with it. So I really have benefited from a lot of uh, emotional support that it doesn't sound like is available to, to many people. Um, and it also meant that I was able to um, keep this to myself 
which I think is also really important for people when they're coming to terms with it is un is understanding that it's okay to be discerning about what you share with people. Um, and, you know, particularly during COVID and, uh, and lockdown, you know, I lived by my, myself and I had for a long time, I was really afraid that if I spoke to my friends about what was happening, that they would think I was losing it. So I was having, you know, mental health problems because of my isolation or something. Uh, and I didn't want to create complications or risks in connections and relationships that were very important to me from a social perspective. So I chose to keep this very much to myself. Uh, and that's remained largely the case up until this point. Yeah, which is completely understandable. I, would, I think I would honestly be in the exact same position if I didn't have this podcast. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I guess for me, it's only been fairly recently I've been openly speaking about how I might fit into this abduction phenomena. I mean, it's always something I've kind of maybe hinted at or I don't know how much actually on the podcast itself, more so maybe behind the scenes, just having conversations with people, but it has been something that has been quite recent. And I completely understand how difficult it can be to openly speak with someone, let alone an audience on a podcast like we're doing right now about these experiences. And for me, I've sort of found after going through my hypnosis and being able to talk more openly about that subconscious knowing I've had for quite a while now has been quite healing. And for me, I've been able to make some more peace around it 
And I hope that even what we're doing right now uh, for someone like yourself that coming forward and speaking about this right now can also help in some way. You know, I think you, you doing this podcast is is a real service for people like me to, to give us an opportunity to share our stories. Uh, and I can relate to to what you say about the sort of just the subconscious knowing, you know, the, the two and a half years before I moved back to Australia, um, I was in a job where my credibility uh, was extremely important to me being able to do that job well. It was really important that people around me trusted me and trusted my judgment. So the last thing I wanted to do was create any doubt in their minds by talking about something like this. Um, but when I left my job to prepare to come back here, I really felt emboldened to start being uh, more honest and open about this. And, you know, in an incremental way, but coming forward to you and reaching out to you was a huge step for me. And um, at the same time, because this is so fundamental to my life, um, because, you know, we haven't touched on this yet, but, you know, that that initial conscious abduction was just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and, um, and so I don't know how to understand myself independent of these experiences, but also how they are shaping my approach to uh, my own consciousness and my own healing journey. And uh, I think if, if talking to you about this can be helpful for other people to understand that they're not alone and that it's possible to hold a positive and empowered perspective around these experiences, even though there's so much about it that is unknown and uncertain and, and out of our control, um, you know, then, we're, then we've really helped people. And actually, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, that sense of isolation and, and alone and being on the fringe is just, you know, a pretty small price to pay, I think, for being one of the few people, relatively speaking, on the planet at the moment that knows that we're at the cusp of a huge transformation in human history, coming into the awareness and acceptance that ETs are real and interacting purposefully with, with us for whatever reasons. And that's, you know, a huge privilege the way I see it. Uh, and that brings a responsibility to, to be um, honest about what, what we experience, um, to, to be, you know, humble about how much we don't know about it and don't understand about it. Um, to to recognise that in the face of all of that, you know, my my body is fine. I'm fine. I'm more sure of myself as a person, uh, more healed of my traumas, um, more flourishing in my life and making uh, decisions and choices that are aligned with my purpose, more so than I ever have been at any point in my life before this. So I only see it as a positive experience in my life because of the way in which I've approached it. I know that's not the case for, for everybody. And I've had recently some some experiences that have given me some insight into why they might hold that perspective. Um, but that is largely where I'm with it at this point in time. It's great to hear your position on that. 
I'm very curious to get into some more of that insight where you could maybe start to see some of the negativity come surrounding this. But I want to talk more about just your other experiences. So after that first experience, how have the following abductions uh, differed? Has, have, has there been a lot of similarities? Is it kind of the same event taking place or have you witnessed different things? Have you maybe gotten some more answers um, from these beings or anything in particular? Yeah, so one of the things that initially I struggled to wrap my head around was just the simple metaphysical mechanics of what they were doing. You know, how did they abduct me? How did they take me? What what was the process? Um, I just couldn't couldn't grasp that it would be possible for them to physically lift me out of my bed and take me through a through build through a wall through a building onto a craft if that's what they were doing and that's what I understood from the healer that they were doing uh, in those initial few weeks I remember just being obsessed with with this and I would try and find things online and I bought certainly bought more books written by people that had had experiences in the 90s the 80s and the 90s who'd published books about it and that was hugely helpful for me uh, in terms of finding details of things that had happened to them that substantiated what had what had happened to me. It just made it clearer to me that I had not made these things up. Um, because even you might, well, my mind anyway, still went through that dance every now and then of trying to tell myself that this was not possible. Um, but uh, one of the things that really I was really obsessed with was, you know, how did they do it? And I remember pacing in my flat back and forward in my living room just going, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? <laughs> just back and forth. And um, probably that night or the night after, I uh, woke up to the sensation of myself lifting off my bed and it was not uh, – it was not a sort of a smooth sensation as if you were lying on the bed of a forklift or something. It was just this kind of sort of wobbly lifting up. And then I felt myself shifting towards the the wall to my right, which was the external wall of the, the building in my flat. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm going into the wall. And then I blacked out and I woke up in my bed and I thought, did I just imagine this? And before I even finished that thought... I felt myself lifted up again into a more vertical position, uh, not just horizontal, and then angled to the right towards the window and then moved towards the window. And as I was going into the window, I blacked out and then I woke up up in my bed. And, I I mean, I can't believe that I'm explaining this to you because I just know how crazy it sounds. But that's what what happened. And... um, and I guess what I take from that is that somehow they're listening to me. They can hear my thoughts. They're connected to me in some way. And I wanted to know how they did it. And they demonstrated to me in very physical terms how they how they did it. So that was my first conscious experience of levitation as part of the abduction process. And then I've had frequent um, abductions where I have been, it's been at the point where I'm just about asleep but not fully asleep so I still have some conscious awareness that I feel my um, my energy field 
change, that my vibration is raised. And then I feel the sort of the pulling, the lifting sensation. And I've had that probably happen maybe 10 or so times since then. Um, And of those times, I've been able to perceive different aspects of it. I mean, not a lot. For instance, there was one where I was able to sense temperature change as I went through up through the building into the air and then onto the craft. And um, there have been other times where I've been able to just very vaguely see the beings that I'm with uh, and what they look like. So those have been aspects of of the abductions that I've been able to perceive. Um, I've also had the sensation of the craft moving. It's acceleration, which is a very strange feeling because it it doesn't feel like the acceleration is coming from the the craft. It's like the craft is responding to a force that's being exacted against it. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. But, you know, when people in ufology are talking about propulsion systems it doesn't feel to me at least in in those moments that the craft itself has a propulsion system um there was one where i was i was taken and i can distinctly recall coming off the craft into an environment um an external environment outdoors that was extremely brightly lit like the the light was so bright i could almost not see and i remember being taken into a room uh, where there was a man sitting behind a table. It was a Caucasian man, probably looked maybe 30, between 35 and 45, dressed in uh, sort of like a khaki military style clothing, but there were n- there was no badges or insignias or markings or numbers or identification on it. It was just plain cloth. And the room itself had no nothing visual that I could lock onto or recognize like no posters no nothing on the walls or anything like that it was just this kind of beige room with this man in white man in a khaki outfit sitting behind the desk um and uh i had a sense of being checked in for something but i don't know what that was uh and that actual that abduction came after i had communicated to them that I was very distressed about all of this happening to me and me not understanding why. I think it was after I had reached out to you and I had this freak out moment where I thought, you know, if if you want me to be talking about this, you need to give me more information. I need to understand more about what's happening. And it was that night that I was taken. But, you know, I have no idea what happened beyond that checking in point. Um, I just know that I was taken that night. So those have been some of the abductions that I've experienced. Uh, never have I had any sense of feeling afraid during them. In fact, I've come to quite enjoy the experience of being lifted and taken. It's quite exhilarating. And everything else that's happened, I've only known about after the fact through discovering bruises and markings on my body that would suggest I'm having medical interventions of some kind during these experiences with them, but I don't know what those would be. They they show up 
in all parts of my body. So I get them quite frequently on the backs of my arms, on my upper thighs. I have a, you know, a fading bruise on my left upper thigh with injection points in it that looks like it's maybe seven to 10 days old. I'm at this point almost never not with some marking on me that's resulted from, from some intervention, but the vast majority of them, I'm not aware of it when it happens. Um, I can only find the markings afterwards, but they're really, I'm not mistaking. <laughs> these aren't things that, you know, these aren't bruises and marks you get from bumping into something. Um, they're really distinct. They have very clear outlines, uh, triangles, rectangles, just very strange marks. Yeah. There's some, yeah, I mean, you just shared some great insight there. I, I really found it fascinating when you were sort of putting it out, you know, the, the questions that you had around how these experiences were taking place and then actually seeing that insight, which seems like a lot of the time when people ask these questions, they do actually receive an answer in some sort of form. Uh, so it's great that you you got to actually witness it after asking for it. And that was the other thing I was about to ask as well is, um, do you believe that there's some medical examinations or, you know, tests being done each time you're taken, but by the sounds of it, from the markings that you're left with, that it does sound like that is the case. Yeah. And I guess, is that the, do you have much of a conclusion to why they may be using you for these examinations? Like what's the end goal for them? Do you, do you have any insight into that other than, I guess, what's typically known or reported of these experiences? I'd say it's it's probably limited to that. You know, I'm, beyond understanding that I have been participating in, the, in hybridization projects, I don't know exactly what, what they're doing. Um, all I know is that the interventions seem to mirror my men, my monthly cycle. So um, I've I've not been as diligent in tracking it as I should have been, but there was a clear pattern of things happening within a few days of me starting my period, um, for example. And I wouldn't, I guess I I would say my intuitive sense is that they are tracking my hormonal cycle. And I guess perhaps how my biology changes throughout that. I don't feel harmed. I, you know, I, I have all my bits and pieces. <laughs> um, uh, I feel healthy. I'd like to believe that maybe, possibly, they've even been helping me. I, I have nothing to to base that on. And it's probably just one of the ways I've tried to psychologically come to terms with, with this. But because it's easier to, to believe that this is positive and benevolent than, than to believe that it isn't. But I can only go on the basis of the evidence that I have with respect to my own experience, and, and that is that I'm fine. I'm really happy that the experiences that you seem to encounter have been from a place of positivity. You know, you've been able to really incorporate it into your being and you understand that by the sounds of it, it's just another part of life for you. Uh, has it always been like that, though? Has there ever been anything kind of negative that has come through? There is something that I did experience a couple of months ago that did uh, create a slightly different angle on this for me. Uh, I I um I participated in a in an online forum 
um, a video call um, with other experiences and people interested in this topic talking about it. And I used my full name and I was on um, I was on Zoom, I was visible, uh, and I spoke quite openly about some of the things that happened to me and also how I feel about it and what my perspective is um, in terms of, you know, how we as, as a human collective need to start thinking about this phenomenon. Um, and that night I woke up, my left wrist stinging and my, my right hand rubbing my left wrist and it was stinging and I thought, oh, I've been bitten by something. And I switched on the light and there was a blister on my left wrist and these very strange red markings running up my wrist towards my hand. And I knew instantly that this was, was no insect. I, I knew I, I had experienced something ET related. And uh, then I looked at, you know, I looked in my room and my book was lying just dropped on the, the floor beside the bed, which suggested to me that that something had happened that I wasn't able to recall. Because normally, you know, when I experience my abductions with my team or my crew, as I'll call them, um, I put myself to bed, you know, so I I turn out the light, I put my book, book beside my bed and I turn out the light and I settle myself down and I go into the sleep process. Um, but I couldn't recall having done this that night. I had no recollection of turning the light out, putting my book down. And I felt very anxious. I had a sense of trepidation because it was also the first thing that had ever been done to me that hurt. You know, all of the bruises and markings and things I'd experienced up to that point had never left me with any painful sensation. But but this blister really stung. <laughs> and so I got in touch again with the healer um, and she she brought through that that this was a different crew and that that I had been through that webinar I had been tagged they had locked onto me and created opened a portal come into my room tagged me energetically and um and then left uh and that was a horrifying thought it felt very different um it didn't feel like my well-being was in any way <laughs> a priority for them and so that was that was i guess some insight for me into how others might have experienced intervention and why they might feel negatively about it. Uh, and then that happened again, probably three weeks later, I woke up with a blister on my my right abdomen, just sort of at the bottom of my rib cage. Um, again, it was stinging and it blistered and I've got scars in both loca locations now. So um, those are the only two times that I've had that sort of intervention, but it was enough for me to understand that actually not everyone's experience of this is positive. I guess that opened my eyes a bit. And also, you know, to the whole issue of discernment um, about, you know, how what you share and how you share it. But there, you know, there I'm making an assumption that, that they found me through my name and my identity, whereas it could have just been my energy showing up in that forum that they locked onto might have had nothing to do with my identity, um, which is sort of a strange thing to say. But so much of what I understand now about how this all works is very much to do with energy and energy signatures and metaphysics and vibration and frequency and all of those things. So 
including how they operate and how they move between dimensions, how they can go from being non-physical to come into the third dimension in, in physical form and interact with us. So, um, yeah, that was just a, a different angle on it. And then something else has come to my attention very recently, um, which is that I'm not the only person in my family that's having these experiences. And um, I don't want to say any more about it than that because I don't have the permission to discuss it, but um, it doesn't at this point uh, present the positive experience for them that I am. I hold for it for me. So that is also bringing me to you know to questions around free will um, in ways that I hadn't considered them for myself because I've been cool with it pretty much from from day one. It's it's. I love that you mentioned that like you don't remember putting yourself to bed that night. Your book looked like it was disturbed. It was very out of the ordinary for the routine, you know, which you've become quite familiar with. So, so that's a very interesting insight and hopefully that sort of happening is now behind you and you don't have to deal with that. And then once again, the, the whole thing of, you know, this running through family lines is so prominent time and time again. I think it's very rare that I speak with someone who, unless they haven't maybe opened up that conversation, but it does seem like families are, if even if they're not experiences, it's that thing of family members seem to know that something's going on and they might just choose to ignore it. So maybe they actually are also experiencing things, but it does seem like whatever the agreement is with abductees and these beings, maybe it does trace a lot further back through these family lines. As I sort of have mentioned to you before we spoke, hopefully um, from your experience, you'll be able to um, guide that person like you are here, you know, speaking to um, an audience because I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway, I think, is just from people being able to put it out there on the line if they're so comfortable to because uh, even though there's a lot of similarities I always feel like someone has something a little unique to their story and you know I'm sure there'll be someone out there who that resonates with there's always in these conversations someone will say something and I'm like oh god like that's like you I might never thought about it like that or or once again the massive thing is just reinstating that these things are happening now I love hearing just how much you sound like you're at peace with your experiences. I know when I started to consider my potential experiences, to begin with, I was filled with quite a lot of anxiety, but over time, getting to sit with that, it did become a lot easier. Um, and I'm not even sure that anything has even necessarily taken place physically for me, like it has definitely by the sounds of it for you. It comes back to the broader perspective that um – that having, I guess, a, a grounding in spirituality and metaphysics gives you um, that that helps helps you come to terms with it. It's just another aspect of life. Um, you know, it's. I think it's quite normal for people to sort of think of the ET phenomenon as this weird, um, scary thing that is separate from humanity and our existence and Earth and. Um, and, and our evolution as a species on this planet. Um, 
and the, you know, what people talk about is our ascension and our expansion of consciousness, but it's fundamental to it, or at least that's how I've come to understand it to be. So, so my pathway to coming to terms with this, coming into a greater state of acceptance and trust with it, uh, is purely through spiritual practice, um, as well as, you know, expanding, um, the source of sources of information that that are available about those topics. Um, there's a book that I'm just finishing reading at the moment by a spiritual teacher named Laurie Ladd, who I'm sure many people have come across. Um, it's a book she wrote about a year ago or published about a year ago called The Divine Design. And she actually has a chapter in it about um, abduction and hybridization programs. And she offers an explanation of actually how they do it. Um, in terms of what is happening to the human through the uh, energetically through that process. And I found that a very compelling explanation based on what I'm able to recall of what's happened to me. Um, the only thing I would, I would offer as a caveat is that she also says that these things, the abductions and hybridization stopped in the late nineties. Um, and I <laughs> um, can categorically say from my experience that that's not the case. So, um, you know, that's, but there was so much useful information in that. So I've, you know, I've just popped that into my basket of useful resources that just help build the picture, even, you know, if it's not gospel, it's still useful. And then I'll move on to something else and just keep building, building the body of knowledge and finding what aligns with what I understand and what I experience. So, yeah, that's my journey with it, but it is a journey. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? As you're looking for answers, you do come across those pieces of information where you're like, well, hang on. <laughs> like that that's just not correct because it doesn't align with your experience or, you know, even sometimes just that feeling of you know, it doesn't seem right, you know, where it's, yeah, and I guess that's the thing. There's so many different ways to approach this subject. And, yeah, sometimes things uh, you know, really connect with you, and other times it's just like I don't know what that <laughs> what that has to do with anything, and it's hard to. And you see other people really maybe relating to that, but it's that's the thing. It is an ongoing process, and it's if you do really want to lean into this stuff and seek answers, I mean, you you're kind of you know signing up to like a lifelong kind of discovery, really, with it. I think it's really great to get to speak with you at this point in your journey. You've had the experiences and now you're really seeking those answers, you know, how and why, what's actually happening to you. I feel going back over your original emails, you wanting to come forward is kind of happening at a very interesting time for yourself with finding answers. And I just know it's such a big step for any experiencer to kind of come out and say, you know, this this is me, this is what's happening yeah, that's just definitely no small feat in in any regards. Mm-hmm. So I just started to feel this compulsion to to start being more open, and I I don't know how else to describe it other than that. And there was a lot going on. You know, I had probably three or four abductions within as many weeks. So when it's happening with that level of frequency, <laughs> it is it is all consuming and. And so I, it was almost like a, a pressure, but not a, not an anxious pressure, just a compulsion. And 
And so when I came across your podcast and I heard how you talk to people, with people about what they experience, I felt like it would be a, a helpful and safe conversation to have have with you. And I And I wrestled with this question of whether I say my real name or not. Um, and I've decided to use my real name and, and that's because I don't feel that there is anything to be gained by being secretive about my, my experiences or, um, I mean, there's still that matter of discernment, um, about what you share and when, but, but for me to, to be in, in my integrity and, and authenticity, I can't pretend that this isn't part of my life to myself and it is so um so that was that was the reason why I got in touch um just and just to take that first step in being open no I definitely got that sense from your initial email where it did come across as more of a a need to do it rather than you know you just choosing to you know what I mean and like Who's to say that anyone at any point is just like, I just want to talk about this, you know what I mean? I just really relate to the thing of it just has to be done, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I can't really explain that and I feel like this is the first time. It's just annoying. Yeah, it is. And honestly, I feel like it's the first time for me, maybe, maybe not so much ever, but that I've had this absolute driving force to be putting out more of this kind of content I feel like it's more important than ever um, and it's hard to it's hard to really put into words I think once again just having that sort of sense of greater purpose which I hate kind of uh, saying it like that because it you know makes you sound like a bit of a dick I suppose but at the same time it's <laughs> like I don't know when I, I've had confirmation recently that that's kind of why I'm doing this and I still do it. So, yeah, it's just interesting to hear your perspective on that because, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a lot of people within this phenomena, um, there is that sort of sense of purpose uh, and you kind of get to a certain point in time where you're sort of almost told internally like it's time to go about it like this now or speak out about it or maybe seek something. I feel like that was the same sort of thing for me. Like, Yeah, it is. And, you know, I guess um, it feels that, you know, you have a real sense, you know, there is a real momentum around what you're doing and, um, you know, that would be the universe telling you that you're on the right track. And I, I find it so exciting that you had regressions and I can't wait to hear those episodes because I, I really wanted very early on, I decided I wanted to have regressions to understand what was happening to me. So I... Um, apart from the initial books that I read, I stopped. Um, I stopped reading other people's accounts because I didn't want to influence risk putting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I did reach out to someone uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, I did make some initial inquiries, but it didn't go anywhere. And um, I sort of decided, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to wait any longer. So I started reading books and, and stuff again. Um, but I would still like to do that. I think it would be really helpful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Someone like yourself who's had a fair few abductions within a short space of time, do you have any physical effect that next morning of like fatigue or anything along the lines of, you know, you've actually, I guess, left your bed other than maybe the the bruising and so on you've had, but even just that sense of it's like you don't feel well rested or anything like that? Yeah, totally. In the first the first few years um, of my awakening, so 2018, 2019, when I had no idea any of this was happening to me, uh, I would often wake up with um, feeling very fatigued and disoriented and all I would be able to see was white noise. Like, do you remember before we had 24-hour television, you know, at, at 12 o'clock the ABC would go offline and it would just be white noise on the TV? It would be really similar. It would be really similar to that that sort of static white noise in the air. And after a few minutes, it would clear up. And I had no idea what it was. Um, I thought it was just an ascension, ascension symptom or something like that. So I just dismissed it. But that was that was definitely something quite um, striking. That doesn't really happen anymore, but it did for probably about 18 months to two years. Uh, I do feel fatigued and disoriented um some mornings that I will I guess subsequently as, assume from physical evidence were the mornings of the night you know the night before when something happened my energy field um, will be quite disturbed not in anywhere near to what it was that that first time but I'll find um, if I'm sitting still and quietly or if I'm lying in bed I'll feel my energy field, sort of gently undulating. It will feel like, you know, if you've been on a plane at cruising altitude at, you know, 30,000 feet and it sort of sl- slightly bumps over pockets of um, pockets, o- over air pockets. So not not like turbulence, but just that little bit of bouncing, like bouncing that a plane will do. It kind of feels like that. And it will be like that for maybe uh, between two days to up to a week um, before it settles down. And I think just going back to something you said earlier about how this can be so consuming, um, I have to sometimes really force myself to take a break from it um, and just go and do normal everyday average things that take my mind away from it because it can just be, when these things are happening, it can just become really almost an obsession at times. And I've found that um, particularly when during periods of intense activity and that can be very fatiguing as well, just being that mentally preoccupied with it. No, definitely. I I highly recommend people to not let it get to that point. Yeah, you still have to live. Yeah. (laughs) The the reason I ask about the the morning after uh, these experiences, I mean, as soon as the podcast started, that's when I – maybe a month or so after it began was the first time I considered met, what if I had had experiences. So it's been just just under six years or so. Even though I've been interested in this topic, uh, as I've mentioned, a lot longer, the fact that 
uh, I sort of started to think about my potential um, involvement, I suppose, within this. And since then, um, any time I've had like a really weird night of sleep, um, like I just had one, it might have been two weeks ago, where for it was like a good solid maybe 24 hours, if not longer, I had like this pain from like, it was pretty much from like the tips of my fingers up to, I don't know, up majority of sort of like my, um, like, like my lower arm. And um, mm-hmm. it was like I had done, like I'd lifted something really heavy or it was like a really weird, strenuous kind of feeling. And like I hadn't done anything the the days leading up that I could think any different. And any time that sort of thing happens where, you know, I'll wake up and I literally feel like I've I haven't slept, you know, it feels like you've been, like your body has gone out without you and been used and then brought back. Um, and like, I don't know if I really ever, for, I mean, there, there's sometimes I find somewhat of like, even just indents, you know, of like, I don't really know how that's happened while I've been asleep, but I'm, I'm also very, just cause I'm so aware of it. I feel like I've, I very easily brush it off as well. I'm like, oh, you know, it's yeah. the more you're aware, it's like you're trying to disprove things. But um, yeah, there's there's a, not a lot of times, but there are times where, yeah, the way I've sort of woken up doesn't make sense. I remember like mentioning that to people too and someone just said, oh, it's just what happens when you get older. You know, it's just, you wake up sore. But I'm like, nah, this is, um, it's, it's not all different. the time. Yeah, it does. And even just... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to explain. Yes, because uh, yes, any of this sort of phenomenon you could almost tie into like something explainable to an extent, you know, that people always have excuses. But I'm like, I don't know. There's, I do feel like, um, yeah, a lot can kind of happen during those hours. And even, you know, my my now wife years ago said she like woke up in the middle of the night and saw like this red light above my head. And she just had that instant thing just to be like, oh, it's unusual and just went, like went back to sleep she's like I mean when she told oh, me wow. she's like oh that's a weird thing to do yeah. um I don't know it's 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 weird things like that that you could it's it's easy to dismiss but in the last especially in the last few months it's pretty hard to do so now yeah oh, I mean first of all you're not the first person that I've heard mention the red light and I saw one um, not in my room, but outside, um, again, within the early months of this happening to me. And I had the sense that it was, and it was ET, but I didn't, I didn't feel any trepidation, but it's so funny that your, your wife woke up and saw that for you. And then I think the other, the other thing is that under coming to some sort of understanding about how this works, and by that I mean, you know, how do they, how do they come into the third dimension? How do they interact with us? What even are we as so-called physical beings? What does it mean to be physical versus non-physical? I think that that all of those questions are activated by these phenomena and the way that we conceive of ourselves as physical beings and what that means. Because I guess for me, I'm starting to understand that what I perceive of myself as a physical being is actually not what I am. And that that matter is is illusory in, in, you know, in its solidity. And I, I'm not explaining this very well, but 
Um, and I'm sure, you know, if I ran at the wall right now, I'd bounce right off it, not go through it. But but there must be something that they're able to do energetically, metaphysically, vibrationally, that shifts what we perceive as material reality in a way that enables them to interact with us across the dimensions and between them. I've had the sensation that they're um, interacting. Like I, just last night, actually, I was lying in bed trying to get to sleep um, and I felt all of a sudden this activity, this energetic activity around my right foot. I felt sort of pains and cramping within it, which felt physical, but uh, because I can feel my energy field around around me and things happening within it, it felt that there was actually something purposeful being done around my right foot um, while I was having these physical sensations as well. Uh, and I thought, goodness, is this is this is an example of them interacting with me from the fourth or fourth dimension um, rather than in the third, which sounds really strange and I don't know how to explain it better than that. But um, I guess the way I, I'm starting to understand the way that we see things is almost like we have this torch beam, right, this narrow torch beam of the third dimension and we have gone about our lives and our science and our education up to this point telling us that all that exists is what we can see within that torch beam um, of the third dimension. And as we expand our consciousness and and these strange things are happening, um, we both as individual humans through the expansion of our consciousness expand our own torch beam into these non-physical dimensions. You know, it goes broader and then we can start to perceive all of these things that were not perceptible to us within the narrow lens of the third dimensional torch beam. I think most of humanity is still resolutely committed to that third dimensional torch beam until, you know, whatever version of credible external authority tells them that it's okay to believe that there is something beyond that. Um, But more and more of us are having these experiences that are showing us that actually our torch beams need, need to widen to encompass all of this existence, this reality um, beyond what we've up to this point considered to be possible and real. So um, in that way, it's exciting and frustrating at the same time, (laughs) Um, but mainly exciting, I think. But the other thing, I guess, the other physical thing um, is not afterwards, but one of the ways I can fairly reliably anticipate an abduction is that on the night that it's going to happen, the energy uh, is very fizzy. Uh, it's very activated. I find it extremely hard to get to sleep. I'll often have to use a painkiller or two to get my muscles to relax enough for me to drop off. So that's um, another, I guess, physical sort of energetic thing that I can relate to my experiences. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, those like little telltale signs, hey, of... I mean, yeah, it happens to you enough that you kind of predict it. You see the pattern. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think this whole thing heavily relies on patterns. It's very important to um, yeah to really take notice of those. Uh, and another thing, I just wanted to say too. I think it's uh, I think it's great that you've uh, noted a lot of the stuff. Like as you said, after that first experience, sitting down and actually writing what happened, because that's something that um, I've spoken to other people who've done as well, and that's so handy because you forget so quickly even I you know Mm -hmm. uh, going back over the previous episodes I've done in order to put together this 
three-part hypnosis thing, even though I've recorded my experiences other later on when I've retold them to whoever I've spoken to, I've like gotten something wrong and just I heard one this morning. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. You know, I'm like, well, hopefully no one's ever listened to it the way I'm kind of listening, <laughs> you know, where they're like, oh, hang on, that part of his story just suddenly changed. But it's true, like you very easily get things just confused, you know, like little details from maybe it was something that didn't actually happen at that time or what kind of have you. But, yeah, it's interesting that yeah. you or like you just knew that it was important to – um yeah, to, to take note of those things. Yeah, I've had the I've had the same thing happen. Um, what I had in my sort of mind at a later date uh, as being a detail, when I went back and read what I wrote, it was different. And I thought, oh gosh, this is so important to to get it down as soon as it's happened. So I've made a practice of doing that um, because of because of recognising the risk of how things shift and change in your memory. Um, but uh, I'll give you a really good example of why that was so important. So I don't know if you remember me telling you that I, after my uh, medical procedure, I was taken to a shower room um, and the doors and windows were, the, win- the door and the window were clear glass mm-hmm. or I perceived them to be clear glass. That made no sense to me, um, but I wrote it down. And then um, at a, a subsequent point, not long after that, I was on the internet researching and I found a page where someone had collated and categorised different details of abductees' experiences. And there was one sort of category that said alien bathrooms. Oh, that's a bit weird. Why would aliens need bathrooms? So I clicked on that and, and there were these accounts of other people talking about having been taken to bathrooms after their um abduction procedure and several of them mentioned clear glass. So this was a detail that didn't make any sense to me. I had no idea why my mind would invent it. Um, and then there were there was at a subsequent point this corroboration through other people's accounts that this was a valid detail of my experience. So yeah, if, if you are someone who's having these experiences, make sure you write them down as soon as you can. And even the details that you think don't make sense or shouldn't be there you know, the smallest detail could prove to be really helpful for you. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me and being so open and honest about your experiences. I think it's one of the most important things that I can kind of get to facilitate within my uh, life at the moment. So it's, it's definitely greatly appreciated by myself and I know by a lot of the audience as well. It's it's just great to shed light on this from people who, you know, at least someone like yourself, you come across as someone who's very credible and, you know, has no reason to manufacture the details that you've that you've shared. So yeah, just know that you've you've been heard. It's greatly appreciated. I can't even really put into words how I think how important it is for um people like yourself to get to do this. So yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been my pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking with you about it and um, thank you for saying that you um, you see me as credible. That's really important. Um, like I said, authenticity and integrity are important to me. So so knowing that you're listening without judgment and with an open mind has, has meant a lot and it was the reason I reached out to you in the first place. So, you know, I'm really glad we've done this. Thank you. 
Well, there you go. There was interview with an abductee with Cassandra. I can't thank her enough for taking the time to come on and speak with me and also to share some of those photos. I know that's no, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's it, it really just drives home how real these experiences are for people. And, um, and I just want to thank Cassandra as well because when we recorded this, it was before I had sort of released all of my experiences uh, which came out in October 2023 and it was quite healing as well you know I think everyone I've spoken to kind of since or even before that time when it was leading up to that getting to yeah just speak with people who can understand where I'm kind of coming from and it's it's great to sort of have those people to lean on you know so uh, I really appreciate that but thank you so much to Cassandra and thank you guys so much for listening as well I hope you enjoyed this episode as i said join our facebook and instagram we have our private facebook group as well if you just search paranormal thoughts podcast on facebook you can join that and that is a great place for if you do have experiences that you want to be in a safe environment where you can come forward and um, share your thoughts and ideas about really anything in the paranormal and of course, if you've had an abduction experience and you feel like you'd like to share it, then email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com and we can start a conversation over there. Thank you guys so much and I look forward to seeing you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye.